Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Perspective. I am your host, Anthony, of course. You can call me Lazy Tail, whichever one is best for you. I have, uh, I'm planning to do another podcast soon with Lazy Tail, and this is the Lazy Tail YouTube channel I'm using this on, so of course. But it says Anthony Stewart, so you can call me Anthony or Lazy Tail, it don't matter. But Lazy Tail is my furry name, of course, but. <laughs> Anyway, so with that said, we got our topics for today. Um, today's topics is on, we're going to be talking about dealing with emotional and physical loss. Now, for some of you, this is a hard topic. This is a hard topic, especially for me, and later on in the show, I'll be sharing an experience with this. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and get something out real quick. So, we're going to go ahead and continue. So... One of the many questions in this episode is this, how do I deal with physical or emotional loss? So I'm going to start with the physical aspect. So this, I mean, what I wrote was physical aspect, but this also counts for emotional. How dealing with emotional and physical loss is very hard for most people, especially, well, not most people, but for many, almost everyone probably, but it, emotion, physical loss comes when you lose something but emotional loss is feeling the aftermath of losing that specific something like in your heart you feel you have a hole ripped inside of you because you lost let's say a pet or a loved one or maybe even heck maybe even a you know a family member it can be any it can be any of that you know, I, I know I know I've lost multiple family members in my lifetime. I've um, some of which, most of which, I never even met. But you know, they you know it's like almost every one to two years they come and go. So uh, you know, they well they go. But anyway, mo- so anyway, moving on. Here's how, here are the ways you can be able to deal with this or help yourself move or you know help yourself cope so you can use your coping skills or hobbies i would recommend mostly hobbies anything you like you love to do because your hobbies of course can become your coping skills and coping skills are very important pardon the background noise um again i'm by the laundry room so uh you're gonna be hearing everything so i apologize um and like i said i'm doing this show without production equipment so we're just gonna keep going so you can use your coping skills, you can use, which are basically your hobbies. You can do writing, you can do, you know, drawing, anything you like doing. Um, here's the second tip. Slow down and breathe. Slowing down and breathing is a good thing. This is what I mean by this is always like slow your roll before you act. And this is something that's hard for me that I'm going to challenge myself to is slowing your role before you act. It may sound easy, but in practice it is very very hard for pe- especially people like me with who have impulsivity problems, who have AD, like the ADD, the ADHD, those with impulsive impulsiveness, it is very hard it is very hard for people like that. But just take the chance, slow down, take a breather, sigh it out if you have to. Just try to process what you're doing at that particular moment. And don't push yourself the third yard, as in don't push yourself too fast. Don't go, go, go when it's best to just think. 
before, like, think and breathe before you act. Of course, that's something hard for me to do. Of course, would happen to me, but that's another way to do it. Just process yourself and think, will what I say hurt someone? Will what I say hurt my spouse? Will what I say hurt my daughter or son? Or will I, what, what I'm about to say, could it hurt my siblings' feelings? Or could it hurt my friends' feelings? That sort of thing. Um, here's a third tip. Of course, process your emotions. And here's, this is hard mentally. So if those of you that have a hard time doing this mentally, it'll, doing it mentally will develop over time, but having, but it's hard to do it at first. And it was hard for me to do it at first mentally, but writing it down, my, uh, therapist had given me a, a like little thought chart. It was a seven, it was a seven column thought chart and well, seven collared seven, seven, I can't speak, seven columned thought record sheet. And that, and that record sheet helps me piece out everything I was feeling at the time, why I was feeling that way, what kind of thoughts are making me feel this way, um, what is the out, what is the current outcome of the situation and how do I feel about this outcome if it's against me or if it's on me, um, how, and what is the, true facts about the situation what's the realistic facts what are the what what are the thoughts in which you feel about the situation that that kind of thing i'll have to bring uh one of my charts in for better detail i i have i think i still have some but they're written on of course but i'll have to bring one in to uh hopefully next episode and i'll show you guys what that means because next episode of course is processing emotions so we're going to get to that in the next episode so, spoiler alert, I just gave it away, but, you know, that's of course part of the show, giving next episode away. So, that said, we are moving on, so now we're on the next topic. How, here's a question for you guys. Um, how does one move forward from a, from a particular loss? And that's a question that I had found that a friend had sent me via text message. They had sent me... Uh, he had asked me this question because he was suffering with a loss. And this was a question in my head, too, that I had asked my counselor and my and one of my teachers because, you know, we're going to get to my experience in a little while. But I will tell you, it is hard when you're losing someone or a pet, so to speak. Because, really, excuse me, I'm Belchy. Excuse me. Um... It is hard in a in a sense because you so, you become so emotionally attached to this person or you or to this particular pet, right? Your heart opens up to this pet. You you, you the, your heart opens up to this pet or to your spouse, for example, because you're taking care of them. You're you know of course paying the bills, keeping roofs over everybody's heads. You know, trying to find time for this particular person or pet. You know trying to you basically in a sense give your all to to them and i'm sorry i sound a little bit stuffy but i just i'm recovering from a cold so uh sorry bear with me um but in a sense the list of things i have is the first thing i have is it takes time to recover most most times longer than others some people longer than others 
it takes time to recover because you have to have that time to process how you're feeling at that given time, how you're going to move and how you're going to move forward. You know, like what would like to think, oh, this was expected to happen anyway because this person was of old age or was of the expected age to end up passing away, you know, or, oh, this person was sick, we didn't have any other choice, or, oh, this pet was sick and was old, we didn't have any other choice, but to, you know, of course, put the pet down, but, you know, now, wait a minute. Oh, oh, here we go. I got it. Okay, I, I couldn't read my own handwriting for a second there. Oh, I got to write better. <laughs> Feel, here's the next thing I have for you guys. Always find something else to fill your pain with. And it's, it has to be a good thing. Don't let it be a bad thing. Don't let it be drugs. Don't let it be alcohol. Good grief. Um, find something good, like a hobby, like a new hobby, like or some sort of like board game you've never played before and you want to practice learning it. Like for me, for my example is chess. You know, if you want to play, learn to play chess, you can feel that pain and grief with, you know, with the time to learn how to play chess. You can, if you're an exercise and if you're an exercise guru, you know, you can take that time. I'm not an exercise guru, but if you are an exercise guru, it is good to let to exercise, take a walk, fill, fill your time with walks, fill your time with, Maybe running or jogging or, you know, doing weightlifting, doing punching bags or those, yeah, those little punching bags or those big ones, you know, always do that. I mean, of course, it's good for you. It relieves stress and it keeps your body healthy, which is something I need to consider. But, you know, just I'm just not an exercise sporty person. I'm more of like a video game nerdy person, <laughs> but you get my point. Um... Commit your time to the positive and avoid the negative. That is a very, very big one. Um, and here's why. When I was suffering with, of course, being harassed and everything going on with me, I would focus on the negative and go, oh, this person is being mean to me. I should get back at them. That was focusing on the negative. That was me trying to focus on getting revenge on the person. When you realize that revenge just doesn't solve anything. It just makes everything worse. And I didn't realize that until the very end, of course. Um, because when I wanted revenge, it just led to me saying something stupid and getting myself sent to somewhere else. But that story is going to come another time. Like I said, I'm only giving you snippets as of now. But wait till the whole thing comes in, the, in uh, an episode to come. So, uh, and it will be in season one. You will expect that in season one. So, here we go. It is experience time. And man, this is a sad experience. But here is my experience with dealing with loss. We have, we have our, we have a lovely pet. She, she's a dog. She is a Rhodesian, a Rhodesian Ridgeback, and her name's Baby Girl. Super sweet dog. Very loving dog. Like the basically one of the most loving one of the most loving dog. Basically, the most loving dog on the planet to us, in our opinion. But she's just she's super awesome, super loving. Loves everybody. Uh, of course, doesn't love other dogs or cats, but. That's her. Of course, she's a dog. She's going to be territorial. But she was just super sweet, super caring, super loving, and was always 
and was there. If you were in pain or in sorrow, you know, angry about something, well, of course, if you're angry about something, she would she would hide from you. <laughs> but <laughs> that she, if you were sad, like I was sad one time, and she came up, she actually came up to me and sat next to me because I was sad and depressed and was crying uncontrollably. And she just came into the room, came into the bedroom, and just laid down right there saying, you know, give me that look, saying, pet me. <laughs> so, you're upset. I know you're upset. Pet me. <laughs> so, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, anyway, I'm trying to think where I was. Um, I'll go back to it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, the sad news is, I mean, as loving as she is and as amazing as she as this dog is, we uh, one day noticed that she started to get very sick, and you know we thought it was normal. Okay, everything's fine. It's just a lap. She'll get better, right? A day passes, and she starts getting worse, and starts throwing up, and getting, you know, just getting worse. And we, in of course, my family decided to take her to the vet. Of course. I'm 19, still in school, so uh, I was at school the day she was taken to the vet, and, you know, my mom took her to the vet, and my mom came home, well, came to pick me up from the bus stop, and told me the horrifying news, and I'm just taking a moment, because I'm trying to process this, this is, this is hard, but it's an experience, we had gotten the news, well, I had heard the news from my mother that our dog baby girl either has is probably at some point soon will have to be put down. And I was distraught. I, I, I at first I didn't know what to think. I was like, "Holy heck, uh, this is this couldn't be happening," you know. But then again, we realized that she was really old. She's uh, twelve years old, going on thirteen, you know, in August and. We had realized that she was super old, and we I looked it was hard to look on the bright side at first. I uh, was just so upset, so distraught, in a sense depressed because I didn't know how to feel at the time. I was just sad that we were losing her, you know, and that we're we still are going to lose her. She is still here, and we are saying our goodbyes to her when it comes to that point because you know, Something's happened, and she has been refused putting to be put down. Um, I'm not going to say who, but something happened to that point. I'm just going to say something happened. And we now have to wait on her day to arrive. I'm just going to say her day because, I mean, it's hard to say that the day, the day she dies, but we're going to have to wait till the day, the day that that the her life cycle ends and we're just going to have to say goodbye at that point. Um, it's just to the extent where she's not eating, she's not, she's having a hard time even drinking. And we found out that what it was, was it was kidney failure and she only has two more months left. So it's going to be hard to say that, but... At, at first, it is very hard to deal with this loss because I personally was just so upset. I didn't want her to go, you know, 
I still don't want her to go deep down inside, but I learn now that sometimes sometimes the right thing is the hard thing to do, and sometimes it's just the choice that it, that it's usually the best choice at that point is to do the right thing and not not let the thing not let her suffer, but something happened and it's just to that extent and it, it is heartbreaking. It is very heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking for me to tell you guys this, but it's just one of those things that's hard. That is considered a loss. You know, it is considered a loss because it's a loss of a of a beloved pet. You know, a pet that you loved so much, and you know to know that it's happening. You think, oh man, is this a dream? This has to be a dream. This cannot be, you know, real. This has to be a dream. To wake up, I'm just going to say it's just time to wake up to your reality. You know, if it's said to you and you're awake, obviously it's a real event that's going to end up occurring. So sometimes you just, I learned from my mom, just you can't stop the inevitable. You know, death is inevitable. You know, you can't stop it. It's uncontrollable and there's only one person that can control it. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm Christian, you know, of course, and that's what I believe is that there's only one person, there's only one person that can control it. So, uh, yeah, that's what I believe. I, I just believe that if it happens, she'll be home, she'll be safe. You know, it's not, it's not going to be like, she's not going to be suffering anymore and she'll be, and basically she she'll be in a happy place is what I see it as, as hard as it is to say it, but you know, it's the truth. So she's lived a long life and I'm just happy to know that she was a, a hurricane Katrina survivor, according to a family member. And, you know, to hear that says that our dog has been a fighter for 12 and a half years. And it was amazing to see, that 12 and that whole 12 and a half years, you know, and it's like now come and gone. It's just about, well, just about come and gone. We're just going to wait and see what happens. So, uh, we're just, we're just waiting on nature. We're just waiting on, well, as a Christian family, we're just waiting on God to run his course. I, uh, you know, just let, I let, I prayed about it and I said, and I'm just going to, I decided to let Jesus take the wheel at this point because, you know, I can't control it anymore. You know, I, I can't control anything. Really, theoretically, I can't control anything. You know, believe me, if we had the power to control anything, you know, it'd be so weird. This world would be so messed up. <laughs> you know, uh, who knows? It may end up getting worse than what it is now, but you never know. It could be, it would just be very weird. Uh, walk outside. Oh, I have the power to control weather. <laughs> Uh, there's a news that I saw with Kim Jong-un, this thing that he said he, he claims he could control the weather, which was pretty funny. <laughs> so, anyway, enough said about the experience. We are now moving on. Okay, guys, I'm back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, <laughs> that was a very sad experience, I had told you guys. So... The only thing we can do as a Christian family is keep praying and keep our hopes and keep our hopes in the right direction. So, uh, you know, we're not hoping for a good thing. We're expecting the inevitable, understanding her condition. So we're going to keep going. 
So, we have some off-topic discussions for this episode. So, we're going to go into off-topic mode. Yay, off-topic mode. <laughs> so, I got a, I received a package in the mail today. It was uh, a study guide from In Touch Ministries, which they are really good. I really like what they do. Um, but they, they was a ver- there was a verse in something that I'm going to get to, I'm going to end with, that was super, that really hit me hard. And I really, really felt that verse. So, we're going to go into So, I do have a Paw Patrol plushie collection, obviously. Like I said, I'm a super nerd. I'm a child on the inside. So, you know, sometimes it's good to embrace that. But there's also something, a term called embracing it too much. That's a little, that's a little term that, that exists. But... You know, I embrace being a nerd. I embrace being a kid on the inside, of course, being 19 years old, obviously. (laughs) But, you know, it is what it is. You know, you like what you like and, you know, there's nothing, there's no stopping it. You know, if you want to be, if you want to like, you know, Paw Patrol, go ahead. If you want to like, you know, anime, go ahead. If you want to be a furry, go ahead. You know, I'm a furry too, but, you know. It doesn't matter, you know, it's just stuff you like. And I'm proud of what I like. I'm not one of those people that go, "Eh," you know, trying to hide it. You know, be proud of who you are. Just be you, you know, be proud of you. And that's something uh, I I learned throughout this year is just be proud of who you are. You know, even though we all make mistakes, we're human. And sometimes the mistakes we do are not fixable and can land us in prison. But it, it really, you know... There's no fixing it. You can't control it. You know, you just got to accept the consequence that comes to you and take responsibility for the actions that were, that you have taken. So anyway, we went way off topic (laughs) of where I wanted to go, but okay. Um, I have a list of novels that I have found on my bookshelf that give an example of the topic we had discussed today uh, of loss. So. The novels that will share lot that can share loss to you are the Percy Jackson series. That one talks about how Percy has a struggle, like he doesn't like lose his father by death, but he loses his father because of course his father is a god, right? Is a Greek god, Greek myth- mythological god. So his dad, of course, has to has to part and he has to suffer with losing his dad. Right, his has to suffer with his dad parting, and him being a demigod in an unknown world. So, uh, of course, New York, and, and going from that to Camp Half Blood, but still, you know that that gives an, an example of loss, loss of a fatherly figure uh, that that was obviously not there. Well, had a, well not not in the sense that wasn't just not there, but had a circumstance that couldn't be there. Um, next would be the Harry Potter series, the famous Harry Potter series. And it's, this is a good series. I really like this series. I have the books and the movies of this series. Man, is it good. Um, how does this express loss? If you're a huge Harry Potter fan, you will obviously already know this, but Harry loses his parents in the very first novel. It shows that he loses his parents to Lord Voldemort and his gang of evil witches and wizards, right? Who have turned against Hogwarts. Um, 
in a sense, you know, Voldemort and his gang of evil witches and wizards were the cause of Harry's, the death of Harry's parents, and Harry has to suffer throughout the rest of his life the loss of his parents. You know, his mom and dad not being there because they're obviously dead. You know, sadly. Another one is The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, to me, was meh. I liked it. I liked it, but then there was some of it I didn't like. Sorry, I apologize to all you Hunger Games fans, but eh, it was meh for me. I, re- I liked the books. The books, I'm not going to lie, were really good. The movies, they just felt a bit off to me. The movies felt a bit, a little bit off. Um, but they do give it a sense of loss. Um, Panem has to suffer loss of multiple people who have to go into the Hunger Games. And, of course, if they die in the Hunger Games, they have to suffer that loss. The families of that person have to suffer that loss, have to grieve on that loss, you know. And that's pretty much the whole aspect of the Hunger Games. If you haven't seen Hunger Games, is it's uh, basically game of death. That's pretty much what it is. Um, and I do recommend I do recommend the novels. The movies, I'm not stopping you. Go ahead and watch the movies. But I really recommend the novels. The novels... The novels are usually better than the movie. So moving on. Um, There are some people I realize that have never heard of The Inheritance Cycle. It is uh, Christopher Polini's novels. And this one was by far the best one. I really liked it. It was the very first novel, Arrogant. And oh, it was long, but it was so good. I'm I'm reading it again. (laughs) But it's, oh, it's so good. Um... There was a guy by the name of uh, Brock. Brock, I believe that's not Brock. Uh, I forgot his name. But he he was the guy who... Brom, that's his name. Brom. There we go. So Brom teaches uh, Aragon how to fly... How to become an actual dragon rider and be able to defend his people, right? <clears throat> defend the land of Allegasia, right? Alongside the uh, dr- other dragon riders or the remaining dragon riders and the elves and... Which you know, whichever other characters, I don't remember. I don't remember the book very well. I'm going to reread it again to give myself that reassurance. But that's another one. He loses. Brom dies in, of course, the novel. Sorry for the spoiler to those who have never read it. But Brom dies, and it shows it in the movie. He dies too, and Aragon suffers that loss of not just his friend, but not just his friend, because Brom was his family friend, but. He, he suffers two losses. Excuse me. I cut one out. He suffers the loss of his father, right? First, there's the farm boy, of course, but he suffers the loss of his father, who gets killed by, I, don't, I forgot the force's name, but he was killed by them, and then he goes and loses Brom to the same force again, the same evil force that's trying to hunt him down and kill him, because he's the last remaining dragon rider, one of the last few dragon riders remaining, and he suffers the loss of both Brom and his father. So that's another example of loss. <clears throat> and that's about it for this episode, so uh, we're going to go ahead and go into housekeeping. Alright guys, welcome to housekeeping. So, don't forget, you know, we have our website up, obviously, it is under the free domain of Jim Doe, but you can still submit donations there and keep help keep the site going. We're going to keep that going. Um, don't forget, you know, don't forget to go on Patreon and set us up right there. Um, we do have social media plans we will be pursuing. 
hopefully. At least that's at least that's the thought right now. Um, right now, because of a certain issue, I'm not too fond of social media, but that that's just the thought right now. I'm not saying it'll come to pass. I'm not saying it will happen, and I'm just saying it's just a thought. So, so anyway, that's just a thought for right now. Um, sorry for the pause. I had an unexpected, you know, interruption. But we're now down to the last topic in the housekeeping before I end. Before I say the ending. Before I pull the ending verse, and then we'll close out. So, the rest of season one. So, season one is going to be fairly short. There's not going to be very many episodes in season one. There are some seasons that are not going to have very many episodes, and there are some seasons that will have a lot of episodes. You know, it's how I have it set up, of course. But, you know, I don't want season one to be too lengthy. I just don't want the seasons to be soup to be too lengthy. I don't want to keep it interesting. So... That's about it. We're gonna go ahead and say the ending verse that I have, the ending verse I have here, and we'll close out. So, Jeremiah fifteen nineteen says, "Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness." So, what this means is, before we close out, what this means is is that this typically means that whenever you feel broken, you can still feel useful. You, meaning you can use that brokenness into something good, like writing or drawing or any of your hobbies. You can That's what you can use it for. So anyway, guys, this has been your host. This has been The Perspective, and I will see you guys next time. Have a great day.